a podcast to honor the gods. This better come with a sacrifice. Dave X Media. The girl beside the window looked up. She had straggly waist length, dirty blonde hair, very pale eyebrows, and protuberant eyes that gave her a permanently surprised look. Harry knew at once why Neville had chosen to pass this compartment by. The girl gave off an aura of distinct dottiness. Perhaps it was the fact that she had stuck her wand behind her left ear for safekeeping, or that she had chosen to wear a necklace of butterbeer caps, or that she was reading a magazine upside down. Welcome to the restricted section where trans witches are witches. If you haven't done the reading, don't worry, we did it for you. Here's what we're talking about this week. This is pretty much just the sexy getting ready episode in which uh, Molly Weasley is an absolute champion and somehow gets all of these terrible magical children to school again. Welcome to the restricted section where you're just as sane as we are. That is to say, it varies (laughs) from week to week. (laughs) Depends on who's here. My co-host today is the quibbler herself, Haley. Say hello to the listeners, Haley. Hello, listeners. I'm Haley. And I'm very excited to announce that our special guest today is Taylor, regular friend. Say hello to the listeners, Taylor. Hello, I am Taylor, regular friend. I am dressed (laughs) as... A Slytherin student, and we're ready to go. You look like the Slytherin student with your headphones and her hood is up. You look like you sit in the back row. You know what I mean? (laughs) You look like you got Converse on under that robe. Today, I was wearing a black robe and a black striped shirt and Converse, and I was sitting in the back of the classroom because I didn't want to talk to anybody. I am wearing a white striped shirt. Okay, Um, perfect. It's a black shirt stripes. I took off the converse. I gotcha. I respect it. Haley, thank you so much for reminding me uh, to thank everyone who attended our live stream last week, which is actually this upcoming Friday. Um, thank you to our patrons for joining us for that very fun evening. Thank you for being our patrons so we can do fun things like that. And just thank you for being you each and every day. Tell the patrons you love them, Haley. I- I love you, patrons. We had so, so much fun doing that thing we haven't done yet. (laughs) And that I'm super looking forward to and not dreading. Taylor, tell the patrons you love them. Uh, I like you the appropriate amount. (laughs) Right? Whatever you consent to, that's where we're at. I stole that from my coworker. I'm sorry, guys. I can't (laughs) even take that as my own. It's not really that good of a joke that you need to, like, accredit it to someone else. No. (laughs) He wrote it on my board at work. I came in after being out from my dog surgery. My one co-worker wrote, I love you, on the board. And then underneath, in small letters, he wrote, I like you the appropriate amount. (laughs) That's very cute. Taylor, you have been on this podcast five times before, technically on the mainstream four times um, and a bonus episode once. So that means you're in our five timers club starting today. You're with your fifth mainstream episode. Congratulations. 
I I feel very honored. That's why I wore this robe so that I could be yeah, in the celebratory. Yeah. Taylor was on for Prisoner of Azkaban Chapter 4, The Leaky Cauldron, in December 2020, Chapter 12, The Patronus, in March 2021, and then she was on for Goblet of Fire, Chapter 11, Aboard the Hogwarts Express, in November 2021, and uh, Chapter 26, The Second Task, February 2022, that was her birthday episode. Um, and which also, which was also our 100th episode and it also came out on the day of the second task. If you'll remember that episode was a goddamn miracle. <laughs> and, um, then Taylor, you also joined us for the Harry Potter fight club bonus episode, which is probably one of my favorite things we've ever produced. Um, so just another reason to sign up for the Patreon. You can listen to the bonus episodes, fight club. Honestly, I laughed so hard that night and did not, <laughs> it did not go in the direction I expected it to go. It went in a very positive direction though. And I was on the episode that we sorted Percy Jackson characters into... Oh, yeah, I forgot about that one. Did I put that on my main feed? Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. Okay, so never mind. You were already in the five-time race club, so actually we're not celebrating anything today. It's yeah, okay. Yeah, so fuck six. Fuck six, indeed. So you came on for Goblet of Fire Chapter 11 aboard the Hogwarts Express. That's interesting. So you really like the train ride, huh? Um, no, if I remember correctly, uh, you asked me to come on because you didn't want to um, let or anybody cool the- on. <laughs> so you had me come on. <laughs> or maybe that was like every once in a while. I think I, I think that might have been the one where I had like an emergency. A guest um, wasn't it, able it to was. make it like that week. And I was like, Taylor, please save me. That that is actually what happened, but it's funnier to pretend that you just didn't want anybody to go on. <laughs> that is a strategy I take, and um, yeah, that is the shitty part about recording week to week. Is that if a guest is like, I am suddenly unavailable, my schedule is very full, and I'm so sorry, we just have to record tonight anyway. I'm gonna make it happen. Now this one is just because Luna Lovegood's my favorite character, and I requested this chapter two books a long ago, time ago. So yeah, a long time ago. Another important note. Happy birthday, Haley. All right. You did it. Thanks. It is your birthday. What are we doing? Where do you want to go to dinner? I'm still thinking. Okay. Just let me know. You can come to Pennsylvania. No. It's a weeknight. (laughs) Such a long drive. Haley, if you want to go somewhere like fun and fancy, like can, can, we can, can. Oh, no. Uh, (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) I'm like trying to think of places that I've like been meaning to try that I know for a fact are good and I just haven't been there yet. But like Mm -hmm. it's it's Richmond. Like anytime people start talking about like where should we eat, it turns into an hour long conversation. So like so many good options. Right. So I've like I've just got this huge bank in my head. That's why Sam and I struggled so hard to find a place to eat when we were in Richmond. Yep. Cause Where did you end up going? Oh, you just ordered Chinese. Yeah, we got Chinese because we asked Sean for help and he wasn't much help. Oh my God, Sean. <laughs> he tried so hard. He just... but like he, he loves food more than anything. He just kept giving us places and I'm like, we need... That's too many places. Sean is definitely like a... <laughs> Watch me talk shit about Sean all this episode, too. No, but he is definitely like, a, thank you so much. That was way too much for information kind of guy. If I'm like, can you tell me how to do this? He's like, well, you could do it this way. You could do it this way. But I recommend doing it this way. And I'm like, cool. But the easiest way would probably be this way. And then he describes something that is by far not the easiest way. <laughs> like, please just be straight with me. It was just so enjoyable because his eyes sort of lit up. 
He's like, oh, this is a topic I can talk about. Too much. Too much. I loved it, but... I, I know the exact face you're talking about when he gets excited about things. So anyway, happy, happy birthday to Haley. It's not too late to wish her happy birthday. It's probably just the right time. Well, I don't know. Maybe you're listening to this tomorrow, but it's not too late to wish her a happy birthday. You can hit her up on social media at the right to it, or you can send her a lovely email at restrictedsectionpod at gmail.com. Happy birthday, Haley. I don't know about you, but probably you're feeling 32. Are you turning 31, though? I'm turning 31. I was going to say. I, I, I don't it. have a problem. I don't have a problem with, like, aging. I have a problem with odd numbers. Um, I see. Yeah. So 32 will be better. 32 will be better, but I'll get through 31. I made the mistake of thinking we are the same age, which we are, generally speaking, but in October, no, we're not. No. Hey, I don't know about... Uh, wait, uh, hey, you want to have some fun? Haley's turning 31. There you go. Should I fix it? <laughs> well done. Thank you. Thank you for that Thank song. Thank you so much. <laughs> oh, good. I just got a bunch of political spam on my phone. I love when that happens. Ooh, Perfect timing. That's fun. Yeah. Don't forget to vote, kids. Right? That's next week from this week. Yeah. yeah. It's next week from next week. Especially if you're in Pennsylvania. Please, for the fucking love of God, please vote in Pennsylvania. It's nice when it's not literally on my birthday. Also, if you are listening to this, please send me a message and remind me that it's my cat Dante's birthday. I always forget because it's Haley's birthday, <laughs> but um, Dante will be turning six tomorrow. Hey, I don't know about sticks, but he's feeling a little six. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing that Dante likes me as much as he does, considering that I always overshadow him on our birthday. Dante wishes to be in the shadows evermore, so I think he. I was like that. His coloring is perfect for him. It's true. He's like Scar from. I almost said from Aladdin. (laughs) Close. (laughs) He's like Scar from The Lion King. Scar's brown. I get it, but I think that he would be better if he was just like a a solid gray hue, like smoke, like Dante. Eh, Lions are kind of grayish. And when you know when Scar walks into the room and his shoulders are like, whoa, do, 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 you know what I mean? His yep. shoulders are just so prominent. That's Dante comes into a room, he like slinks in with his shoulders, like, <laughs> I'm at the shallow end of the gene pool. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> Big difference between Dante and Scar. Dante has never led anything that looks anything like a Nazi rally. <laughs> That I know of. That I know of. <laughs> As for whether or not he's killed anyone, well, that's between that's between him and God. Do you know where Dante was on January 6th, 2021? I actually don't. I actually have no idea. Do you know where he was on 9-11? <laughs> uh, of course, I, I don't think he was born yet, but I'm not really that strong at math. <laughs> um, he comes from a long, long line of smoky shenanigans cats who vaguely remind us of Scar because their shoulders be like, I wish you guys could see what I'm doing with my shoulders. I feel like the noise you're making is... I was like, like, the sound effect is perfect, so it's okay. Take your your shoulders and just like lift them up like you're shrugging, but then don't let them go, and now you circle them. That's how Scar and Dante walks into a room. That weirdly feels good, too, though. It it does. Yeah, it does. It's It's a good good stretch. We're going to start a new, like, form of aerobics or some shit. (laughs) We'll call it Jazzercise. Oh, wait, no. (laughs) We'll call it Dante's Inferno. Ah. 
today we're here to talk. Oh, Taylor, how have you been since uh, uh, February 2022? Oh, you know, we moved. We got an asshole dog. Yeah, we love her, though. Uh, Love that little asshole. Y'all, my dog busted down a door with her head like two weeks ago. Oh, yeah, that was during uh, the live watch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I love... um, just how hard dogs' knock-ins are. <laughs> she didn't react. She just did. Um, yeah. Joseph did fix the door. Uh, Go, Joseph! And, and then two nights later, she stole a, a steak that we had just made off the countertop. That's bad. That's bad. That's bad. That's bad. That's bad. She's been on a real, real great streak lately. But she's adorable, so I guess I'll allow it. Did she have her... Womb removed? She did have her womb removed. She is fine. So you think she would be less crazy without all of that hysteria yeah. inside of her? I, th- I think we need to go back to the 1800s and explain to them that their theories are wrong based on my dog's behavior. Put the womb back. <laughs> um, speaking of Jenny Weasley, because um, your dog's name is Jenny, uh, nothing. She's just in this chapter. We're here today to talk about chapter 10 luna love good and taylor as you mentioned you did request this episode like two years ago can you tell us why luna love good is my absolute favorite character because she is unabashedly herself no matter what even in the worst wow. of fucking times she's the only person in this book series who never changes an ounce she's consistently Aww, good the, for her yeah she's consistently the same from the time we meet her in book five through the fucking Battle of Hogwarts. Yeah, she's a good one. She's had a rough life. Her dad is interesting. She gets bullied at school, but she never lets that like dampen her ray of sunshine attitude. So mm-hmm. good for her. Yeah, she really does look on the bright side. She's got very like un- inflappable. Haley, what do you think about Luna? Uh, I, I've been very distracted the last 30 seconds because I just noticed for the first time in my life in the uh, chapter chapter header photo or picture oh. illustration that she's wearing yes. socks with sandals. What? Yeah. Oh, God, no. Luna, Hold on. No. Yeah, sorry. Oh, God, she is. Yeah. Good oh, pants, my God. Though. I'm a fan of the pants, personally. Oh, those are very oh you pants. I could see I, you I rocking like those pants. Really I, f- I think I own a similar pair of pants, though in my defense, I think I also got it from Christina, so. Yeah, the bu- this chapter header definitely looks more like, a, what what does Harry say, like, um, d- like definitely dotty or something? Yeah, distinct, dotty. distinct dottiness. Yeah, distinct air of dottiness, um, whereas, like, whereas the movie is, like, She's more kind of spark- th- sparkly, like she's Manny, more Manny Pixie Dream Girl. Yeah, she's she's, yeah, she's the, the ethereal, aloof sort of. This is like Book Luna is much more granola, you know. Mm. Yeah, like the like if wizards have have an equivalent of granola, it's her. Yeah, yeah, especially with the socks and the sandals. Those they are like Birkenstocks too. Those are Birkies. She she's she's just one of the many reasons this is my favorite book in the series, and I just love her. And I love that Harry, I mean, very quickly comes to feel that she's a bit of like a safe space, you know, Mm -hmm. like when he invites her to one of Slughorn's things, it's because he trusts her, you know, Yeah. almost like you and me and uh, 
Andrew Haley, it's like, yeah, I'll go on a date with you. You're Andrew. Yeah. And this it's is the most unthreatening thing in the world. Exactly. Like it's, and I also think that like, this is, this book is the perfect time for Luna to be introduced, even though mm-hmm. like the book is already so long. There's so many characters, but like with Harry being so very angsty and there actually being kind of a lot of reasons for that, but like that doesn't help, you know? Like, if he was yeah. angsty about nothing, it would be bad enough. No, no, he's angsty about the fact that, like, the the world's kind of going to shit. So you're angsty, too. But at least there's Luna. Yeah, I agree that she's definitely, like, a, a beacon of sunshine, you know, so to speak, in this book that's otherwise quite dark. But um, when you get to the end of this book, she doesn't actually serve a single narrative purpose. So I wish that the book had, like, Mm-hmm. cut other bullshit to give her a purpose something really special like luna yeah a real purpose yeah but i think like like she is she is like the fact that let me put my thoughts in order mm-hmm. this is what editing is for take your time <laughs> i swear to god if you leave this in um <laughs> <laughs> you definitely so- didn't do that to mary peyton last week <laughs> she's definitely never done it to any of us but <laughs> Luna, myself the worst though. Luna is a delightful character to read about and like she is extremely comfortable and confident in a very understated way in herself but she's not she's not a complete space cadet like she she knows that like there's dark shit that happens in the world she knows better than most people and like that's what harry realizes as he because like this is harry's trauma book so Mm -hmm. he's meeting someone who's had like the kind of trauma that he's just kind of starting to really interact with yeah she's she's kind of giving him his first glimpse of like there are ways to cope with how you're feeling and how much worse yeah. it's going to get. Yeah. Yeah. She is, it is the right book to introduce her for sure. Yeah. Because like he react, he's so reactive in this book, but she's so mild. Yeah. She's yeah. like, no, just like, Hey, bad things happen. Um, and you don't have to let it, let it rule you or your life. And like, that's kind of what Harry needs right now. It's like the most validating message he could possibly be getting. Yeah. Yeah. So I know this podcast has a lot of hate for the fifth book. I'm aware. It is my favorite book of the series. Okay. I enjoy it. It's okay. You're allowed to have that opinion. The biggest reason is it is the only book in the series that made me feel literal emotions. All the other books, I just am like, yeah, this is fun. With context that I read these as an adult. Mm -hmm. I read this book in December 2016. I see. Okay, mm. so you could relate to the angst. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, yeah. like, it's the one villain in the book who you genuinely hate and can't help but hate. I already hated Percy, so that also, like, you know, just fed into it. I Yeah. I'm pretty sure my first time on here I said fuck Percy within, like, the first 20 minutes of being on the show. I believe it. Mm-hmm. He's, like, in my top three least favorite characters. That's where he's at. He's like everyone knows a Percy. Like in real life, everybody's everybody's met that guy. Yeah. Oh my god! I'm like thinking. I'm like, who the hell? Oh my god! Here's one. I'm gonna tell the story of my Percy. I, I didn't know him very well, but we lived in the same hall in our freshman dorm, 
and we used to smoke weed in the bathroom, obviously. And then we would have a little sploof, which is like a, a toilet paper roll with a dryer sheet in it. And you would like blow your smoke through that so it smelled cleaner. And then the fan would like suck it away. Mm. And because they were bathrooms shared by two rooms, like two rooms would share one bathroom, you could lock them from the inside and out. Mm-hmm. Um, so you could, in theory, lock someone like in the bathroom. And so our, this guy, Terry, on my hall was smoking weed in the bathroom. And Alan <laughs> locked him in and went to go get the RA. <gasps> yep, that's a total Percy move, right? Yeah, that is yeah, a Percy is. move. Do you guys have a, a Percy move story? Like, I know, I know there have been, like, I know I've met Percy's, but I have to, like, look back at different par- times in my life, you know? I feel like I went to high school with a lot of fucking Percy's. It's easier to be a Percy in high school. When you get to college, people don't, I mean, let's just say that Alan didn't have any friends on his whole life. I, <laughs> I feel like boarding school is, like, for Percy's. Mm. Like, where, where, like, everything is kind of self-directed. Like, by the students, like, the students are expected to be, like, involved in, like, day-to-day, like, the running of the school and, like, looking, like, wa- watching each other. Mm-hmm. Like, he's he's mm-hmm. perfect as a fucking, like, whatever a prefect is for. Like, a hall monitor. He's such a hall monitor. Prefect. I just, the notion of a prefect really just, I think, gives children too much credit. Mm-hmm. As this chapter demonstrates. Mm. Yeah. So, I don't know. I just think the emotions of this book are the best of the series, so. Okay. I mean, it's, I I am definitely having a different experience reading it this time around, because I haven't read it for, like, several years, and, like, I've, you go, th- you go through some changes, your mid to late 20s, let me tell you. Um, so, like, I, I haven't really read it since, I think, not long after college, when I was still in, still in a pretty young mindset, so, like, this is, like, I've been through the, you know, December 20, 2016, we were all there. Um, like, I've, I've been through some shit since the last time I read this, and it's, like, that 13 years that have passed since, like, Voldemort was defeated does not feel like that long anymore. Like, I remember 13 years yeah. ago. It wasn't, like... If something if something fucked up had happened and then ended thirteen years ago, we wouldn't feel we wouldn't talk about it like it had happened like a generation back. It's it it's you said really, sixteen and then you went to thirteen, but it's sixteen, right? No, I think it's because I think it's fourteen because Harry's fifteen now. Oh yeah, fourteen. Yeah, yeah so okay. it would be fourteen. Cool to be so just everyone is so wrong. fourteen cool. years ago. I was ten. Yeah. I, hold on. What year was? Hold on. That was 2008. Yeah. I was a uh, junior in high school. I was a freshman in high school. I, or that no, can't sophomore, be right. sophomore, sophomore, sophomore. <laughs> God, like, I'm what? bad with time, guys. I'm We're so bad. We're the same bad. age, Haley. <laughs> I was, but I was a sophomore, though. Yes. Because I, I was I'm one grade baby. behind you. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. What a slow poke. Hurry Whatever. up. Am I right? Whatever. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into the chapter. Harry has a hard time sleeping this last night of summer because Ron is a prefect. Honestly, I don't think he cares at this point. Like, his dreams sound like tarot cards. That's not like an I'm jealous of my friend dream. This is the stupidest dream. Okay, let's... 
Is this symbolism? <laughs> These really do um, sound like tarot cards. They do. Mrs. Weasley sobbed over Creature's dead body, watched by Ron and Hermione, who were wearing crowns. Like, oh, what are we saying there? Yeah, like a like a corridor ending in a locked door. Like that that could be a tarot card. That's the lost tarot card. Well, as a reminder, Haley, that's him being haunted by Voldemort. Yeah, but it still sounds like a fucking tarot card, doesn't it? I don't, I guess I don't know they all, tarot. No they all just look like random illustrations out of like an old tiny fantasy book. That's what they all look like. Mm. I just thought that the Ron and Hermione wearing crowns was like, like clumsily transparent. But like, here's the, here's my thing is Harry stopped giving a shit the moment he found out that his dad hadn't been a prefect. Like he, mm-hmm. like I think the whole the whole moment of jealousy was just like him feeling like he has to live up to this man he never met. So like as soon as he found out, oh James wasn't a prefect either. He was totally fine, and then like was having issues about other stuff. In this chapter, he's upset a couple of times, but it's because like oh, you know I'm alone. Uh, yeah, yeah, being left yeah is like totally it, different. yeah, no, like I get it. Like it's he really just seems to be almost completely over it at this point except for the crown's dream yeah so he wakes up really hard the next morning by ron saying molly is already going ballistic shout out to molly weasley getting all these punk ass kids in line since uh since and then it says check bill's birth year cool christina thanks for doing that at the time (laughs) um bill pay no attention to the man behind the curtain (laughs) Bill Weasley, um, Bill Weasley, um, since 1970. Um, that's how long Molly Weasley has been getting punk ass kids together. And we just props where props are due. So they're like, oh, she's yelling, but she's like, I'm about to, I am responsible for these children. All of these children, they don't even all belong to me. (laughs) And even her own kids are the ones causing problems. Friend George just threw a trunk at Ginny by accident, which you don't even, you don't have to yell at them for like, for that necessarily. I'm sure they feel bad. Yeah, they probably feel awful because we all know Ginny's their favorite sibling. Well, listen to the, listen, I would like to read it because it's hilarious and also really shocking. (laughs) Harry gathered that Fred and George had bewitched their trunks to fly downstairs to save the bother of carrying them, with the result that they had hurtled straight into Ginny and knocked her down two flights of stairs into the hall. Can you imagine being hit in the back by two full trunks and go two flights of stairs? I feel like Ginny can imagine what was having <laughs> like a house full of brothers. I almost lost my arm as a kid just from one flight. It depends Brad. how you fall. Like, like, how could she not have just fucking belly flopped? <laughs> I, I don't know. She like she's proven to be an athlete in later books, so maybe she has good reflexes. Was able like deflect her, like like hit the wall and kind of kind of bounce a little. Maybe she's learned how to uh, safely fall yeah. due to the fact that she has that many brothers. <sighs> She's been pushed down the stairs before. Yeah. Or maybe she had an accidental magic moment. Mm. That would be the time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So um, they're trying to get out the door. Molly Weasley and Mrs. Black are screaming. Everyone's running around. Um, they're waiting on Sturgis Podmore, the last guard. Harry needs a guard escort, but Sturgis Podmore is not present. Mm, and he took Mad-Eye's best invisibility cloak. I'm sure none it's of this cool. is important. None of it's important. Never. Don't worry about it. Do n- pay no attention to the man behind the cloak. So Mrs. Weasley and Tonks will be taking Harry and then Mad-Eye Moody will like bring all his stuff. Sirius Black turns into a dog. He's like, I'm coming with you. And Molly is literally like, I well die then. And then gets them out the door. <laughs> Good for Sirius. <laughs> He's so happy. He's running around and chasing his tail and chasing squirrels and cats. He's making me laugh and he's having a good time. You just forget he's a man. Yeah. (laughs) This is a grown ass man. Chasing his tail. He likes to have fun. Remember in the last book, he is like holding it. He's a dog. He's holding a newspaper in his mouth. He turns back into a human before he takes the newspaper out of his mouth. Mm. He didn't have thumbs. All right. He needed the thumbs so he could remove it. No, you just drop it. Drop it. Drop it. (laughs) My dog's bad at that. I would like to talk about how a dog without a leash on is a lot more conspicuous than a dog with a leash on. And I would also like to talk about how Sirius would permit no one to put a leash on him, except perhaps one Remus Lupin. (laughs) (laughs) You ain't wrong. They should not have taken him outside of the house without being in dog disguise as a dog. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that a leash is like extremely (laughs) called for. And yeah, where's Lupin in his leash? Well, yeah, someone's someone's going to have to admit to having a leash is the problem. (laughs) Oh, it's just up in the bed. Room. Be right back. <laughs> it's in the nightstand drawer. Don't ask why. <laughs> why does the tag on this collar say "baby girl"? Let's stop talking for a while. <laughs> it's just—it's funny to me because I do have a literal leash in my bedstand door or like drawer. Bedstand door. Door. <laughs> Whatever. Well, you have an actual dog. Oh well, Lupin does too. That's that's. <laughs> Yours is a baby, though. She's so is Lupin's. No. <laughs> He's baby. He's a sexy baby. He's not a regular baby. He has the emotional like maturity of a baby. That's true. He is a Lupin's up working man on that. <laughs> They're working on it in couples counseling. They meet up with Tonks on the corner, who is disguised as an old woman. I am liking that, like the. In the logistics of who's going to take Harry, it was, all right, we're, we're sending Molly and Tonks, and then, Arthur, you can get the rest of the kids. Yeah, I do like that. It's like, it w- only one of them truly needs to get there. <laughs> and he's going with Molly. Yeah. So they walk to the train station, which apparently takes 20 minutes, and then they go in, and it's platform nine and three quarters, and then they're in. This is so convenient. Remember the time they had to fly to school? <laughs> yeah i do the way she like is like oh i can't believe muggles have to do muggle travel There's, that honestly i don't think this is even a magic thing have you ever like have you ever hosted someone from like the country when you live in a city and they're scared oh yeah when she said that i expected it to be like 
an hour to get there. And then the book's like 20 minutes with their stuff. Yep. So imagine how close it is without their stuff. Yeah, it's probably about a mile. Yeah, I definitely know exactly what you mean, Haley, when you're friends from from the not city. Doesn't even have to be like the country country, but like they come from the not city and they like lose their mind driving and you like go to cross the street and they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, yeah like we had a like friends of a friend uh, stay at like my mom's when I was living with my mom and like they were just from, you know, the suburbs, but like more sub than herb. Mm. And, like, they didn't want to, like, they kept wanting to go to stuff in D.C., but they didn't Mm. want to have to cross streets or, like, walk more than a full block. And it's like, babe, you you gotta. Like, you can't, like, it doesn't matter if you take the train or if you drive. You just, you're going to have to walk at least some. Yeah, it's true. Like, she's from, she's from the countryside. She's not accustomed to this. I remember my dad dropping me off at one of my college apartments and being like, so this is like the bad neighborhood, right? And I'm like, no, that's my house. That one right there. And he's like, what? You live here? Yep. (laughs) It's all the bad neighborhood. You just described where I live in Pittsburgh. Yeah. (laughs) It's fine. As they leave, Maddie Moody's like, don't put anything in writing if you don't want it to get intercepted and read. So maybe just don't. Maybe just lie if you want to write a letter. <laughs> Maybe just don't write letters. Maybe we don't want to hear from you. Stay at school. Yeah. Actually, it's been quite enough of you this summer. It, like, everything <laughs> has been incredibly stressful. Please leave. Stay in school. Turns to Fred and George. Stay in school. <laughs> <laughs> They'll have no so problem they, with that, I'm sure. They Yeah, it'll be fine. Stay tuned. The kids rush to get on the train and it leaves the station. Choo choo. And Sirius runs after the train. Once yeah, Lee again, Jordan's like, "Nice dog, Harry." Grown ass man. He's yeah, like, he, he gets to runs see Harry go off to school and he always every- wanted to. <laughs> and everyone is like, "Look at that dog." Me. Like, like, have you ever have you ever seen a mastiff chase a train? I haven't, but I want to. <laughs> <laughs> it is like you, Haley. Anytime I see a dog, I'm like, Haley. Haley, dog. Like I uh, look out the window. Like me, me and Emma. I'm like my sister Emma. We have we both have the same fixation. We will be having like the most serious conversation about like mental health and and trauma and family, and we will interrupt each other and ourselves to say, "Oh my God, look at that beagle." <laughs> well, beagles are extra cute. Well, I mean, it's any dog, but like <laughs> I think we've said, "Look at that beagle," like. Like, specifically, I have that one in my head. <laughs> yeah, that's Joe and I's entire relationship. I get it. Mm. Dog? Yeah, me and Sean are like, but there's a butt right there. Also, uh, Moody will be reporting Sturgis to Dumbledore. That's the second time he's not turned up in a week. He's getting un- as unreliable as Mundungus. Pay attention. <laughs> hey, hasn't uh, hasn't Harry's scar twinged exactly twice uh, that that we know of? While well, he's, uh, I'm sure none of this is important or relevant. That's bananas. Also, I like that Tonks hugs Hermione and Jitty by like they have yeah. they have a little gal pal thing going on. It makes me so happy. I'm glad it makes you guys happy because I was like, oh cool, it's only girls can hug. So I'm glad that you no, viewed it as, I read like, a gal it as pal thing. I read it as Tonks is younger than 
like Molly, who's the only yeah, other sure. woman around who also has children and is married and yeah, it's different, different lifestyle. So for for Tonk, she's I'm gonna blame a ghost. But yeah, so it's like Tonks hasn't really had girls per se to be around. Yeah. And even though they're a little younger, she can probably relate to them a little more. So I read it more as just she's sort of formed a friendship with these younger girls. Yeah. Um, in a like positive role modelish way. Yeah, because Jenny and Hermione sometimes don't want to hang out with the dudes, you know? Yeah. They're like, that's quite enough and, of this. And apparently they don't. Like, we, you hear, I think, kind of starting this book and the next, you hear more and more about Hermione's Hermione's girl life off, off yeah. with not the idiots when she's yeah. hanging out with Ginny, who, like, <laughs> this is you. the chapter where we realize, oh, Ginny's really cool, huh? Like, like, like is known mm-hmm. as cool to other people. <laughs> when I was a kid, no, like, not a kid, when I was, like, in early college up in Fairfax, Virginia, where the cops are so kind and understanding, really doing a lot of good work up there. Um, I used to get pulled over a lot because my boyfriend was just like a little bit notorious. He had like a curly haired ponytail. You could like see his profile from a mile away and we would get pulled over like on site all the time for like suspicious looking U-turns and like just like looking like we had too many people in the car, you know, like dumb shit like this. And I remember one time Mm -hmm. a cop pulled me aside and was like, hey, come on. I know this is your car. You're always the one driving. Why why do you hang out with these guys? They are I think I feel as the cop who keeps pulling you over, I feel like they're always getting you into trouble. And I feel like Hermione would have a similar McGonagall's like, "Hey babe, you know you don't have to do anything yeah, with yeah, these guys." Yeah, like you can you can hang out with with smarter people or something yeah. and her to which Hermione I'm sure replies like, "Yeah, but the these two are so much fun. <laughs> Which is, I'm sure, what I said to that one cop. That was the same cop. He pulled us over three times in one week by some terrible mir- 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 miracle. And um, every single time he pulled us over, and I think I might have said this on the podcast before, but all three times he pulled us over in this one week, we had ju- we were coming back from going to see Inception. <laughs> we saw it three times in one week. <laughs> Why? Because it's really trippy. <laughs> And the cop was like, you gotta be kidding me. And we were like friends with him by the end of it. And they were like showing him a trailer. They were like, you gotta go see it. Come on, man. You could have seen it a fourth time with the cop. Come on, we'll go watch it again. No, right now, man. Right now. I don't care if we just came from it. Get in the car. He's like, wait, there's already too many people in the car. Well, look, look, Hermione is understimulated. Like, if she's too enthusiastic about magic for, for it to be any kind of a challenge. She keeps finding all this extra material. Harry and Ron, that's <laughs> that's how she's keeping herself engaged. That's that's her <laughs> Sudoku. Shut the fuck up. That's her Sudoku. <laughs> Can I admit to you the fact that I play Sudoku while we do these recordings? Oh. I love that. You need a couple troublemakers. That's what I'm doing right now. I don't play games while I'm recording because I have been caught off guard not paying attention to the my podcast that I'm running before, so I don't do that anymore. But when I'm editing, I play a lot of Mahjong. Mm. Mm. And I say it like that because there's an episode of Bob's Burgers where Linda's mom is like, do you want to play Mahjong, lawn darts, horseshoes? 
Pinochle, Mahjong. And he's like, you said Mahjong already. And she's like, no, I didn't. Oh, yeah, that's uh, that's all the swingers, isn't it? Swingers. I think I watched more of that show at your house in July than I have ever watched of that show. You're welcome. And I was there for like three days. Yeah, you're welcome. It's because I love you. I, I appreciate it. I love you too. So Harry's like, let's go find a compartment. And Ron and Hermione are like, um, actually, we have to go to the prefect car with your best friend, Malfoy. And then they do. Oh. You said boyfriend wrong. Sorry, with your <laughs> boyfriend, Malfoy. And then he's left alone at the party. Abandoned. With Ginny and Neville, which Neville, you know, it, it, he's a bit of a handful to take with you. Like, initially Ginny, which, thank God, because, again, this is the chapter where we find out that Ginny is cool. Like, like known to be cool. And or, like, the, the, maybe the last chapter, too. She's it, got somewhere she's throwing dunk bombs. Like she's That's cool to have shit all over your hands. She's doing she's doing the adopting an introvert move. She's like, all right, let's go. Oh, yeah, she she like sure. sees how lost he is. She clocks yeah, she's it. Like, and I'm going. Yeah, yeah. Ginny is a young, fierce, independent woman who don't need no man. She's cool, but like Harry doesn't really know that yet. Like, he still is like, I don't know how to act around the baby sister of my best friend who's in love with me. And it's like, yeah, he doesn't know who she is really right now. Yeah, well, she's like, she's talking to him kind of for the first time. They haven't really, like, this is the first time that she's gotten to a point where she can look at Harry Potter, the guy that she had a crush on, the guy who saved her life, and see an awkward, weird introvert (laughs) who's just been abandoned at a party and doesn't know what to do. And for someone like Harry, it is terrifying when a confident woman looks you straight in the eye. I mean, it's terrifying for me to have a confident woman looking in the eye. I, I, he sounds. He seems kind of comforted at this point. Like, would because Ginny is the one who says, "Like, come on, Ginny told him." Choice phrasing. If we told get a mo- him. yeah, if it, we get a move on, we'll be able to save the places. Right, said Harry, picking up Hedwig's <laughs> cage, and he just follows her. He just isn't. He's he's processing some stuff. Ginny has taken charge, and he just accepts it. And I love that about him. And it's such a good base for their marriage leader. It really is. She definitely wears the pants in that one. And then they meet Neville. And Neville's like, we can't sit in here. It's Luna Lovegood. She makes me uncomfortable. And Ginny's like, no, we're sitting in here. It's it's the only option. That's what we're doing. And Neville's like, okay. Like this, good, Ginny. Like this right here, like when she's saying hi to Luna and kind of smoothing the path for these two awkward weirdos. She's got two awkward yeah. weirdos now. She didn't yeah, mean to. <laughs> They're multiplying. And, and she's just cool as a cucumber, which like, look Imitate. at her. Look at her. Like the thing about cool kids, the thing about the kids that end up being really popular is that they're not mean. Like that's yeah. that's eighties mm. movies. Like the actual cool kids that you meet, they're nice. Yeah, are the ones that are nice to everybody. Are the ones who can look at Looney Lovegood that everybody makes fun of and be like, "No, she's great." Like, "Hey, hi, Luna. Can we take these seats? How was your summer?" Normally, and yeah. like she's giggling a little, but it's at Harry and Neville's faces, you know. Mm-hmm. Since the Neville thing feels like an escalation of 
the Harry thing, I'm wondering like who else they could have encountered to make it even more awkward for Ginny. Like maybe Cho Chang comes up later in this chapter, but maybe if Cho had just like glomped onto their group, Ginny's oh like, okay, great. <laughs> maybe like a, a creepy. Oh no. Oh God. Oh. Hopping on. Oh, I don't know if she <laughs> would have like, the patience cool. for a creepy. Cool, cool. The creepies cre- <laughs> aren't. The creavies are awkward, but in a very different way. The creavies make themselves awkward. They're like um, yeah. they're like the opposite of uh, they're not like an introverted. They're not introverted followers. They're like extroverted followers. They're like, sure, just tell me what to do and I'll do it. You're my best friend. That does happen. That does occasionally happen, and it's very confusing. They're donkey because that's what you just did. Oh no! Oh no! That's exactly what it is. Oh god! In the morning, I'm making waffles. <laughs> um so they do sit with Neville in Luna Lovegood's seat um in, in her compartment not in her seat. Nope, they all sit on top of each other like <laughs> with her aura of distinct dottiness. Yes, I do love that phrasing. Yeah, that's uh, that's lived rent free in my head for many years. Yeah, hold on. I'm going to look up the etymology of the word dotty. Oh, so the word dot and dotty are like cognate, but they carry different meanings. I hate English. Mm. Yes. Dotty comes from dot, doten, a German word meaning behave irrationally, do foolish things, or become silly or deranged. Oh, so like, so like dotard? Oh, I've never heard that one before. It's like an old timey word for like a, like an old person, like an old person with dementia. Yeah, that's a that's the second definition. Feeble-minded from age. Hmm. Interesting. English is a garbage language. Is yeah. Is correct. the moral of the story? They're like, can we sit here? And she's looking extremely dotty. Um, she has socks and Birkenstocks. She has a magazine that she's reading upside down, and she has extremely protuberant eyes. Definitely the first time I ever encountered that word was in this book. <laughs> They it's, sticky outie. This is the second time yeah. it comes up, though, because the first time was uh, Umbridge. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah protruding yeah. eyes. Yeah, protruding. Oh. I think he, she might have used it for Dobby, too, In when we first meet Dobby as I well. I think with Dobby, it was specifically protruding and not protruding. Oh, protruding. You're right. You're right. I think you're right. It's, was it's protuberant. Protuberant. Indeed. Yeah, you're right. It is. Yeah, so then she's like, you're Harry Potter. And he's like, yeah. And she's like, yeah, you guys can sit here. (laughs) (laughs) So just like choo choo on the train. (laughs) Neville's like, boy, do I have something to show you? Here's my plant, which I keep in a bag. And it's like (laughs) mimbly mimbletonia or something. Yeah. It's like a fleshy gray cactus. Like reading this, like 10 years ago, this would not have registered, but this time I was like, oh, so a succulent. He's got a succulent. Mm-hmm. Yes. He's got a succulent that that shoots that shoots gross, gross out of it. Gross. Yeah. yeah. He's like, watch this, and then he pokes it the wrong way, and it sprays everyone with stink sap, which I don't think I have to define for you. Very subtle, Is Joanne. It sap that stinks, by chance. Perhaps. Huh. Perhaps. Huh. Interesting. I didn't read the chapter. I've Weird. never read Harry Potter in my life. What if? This isn't how it works, but it would be interesting. What if the sap was magical in the way that it smells like your least favorite smell? 
Oh my god. Oh, like the like opposite, the opposite of, the... of a love potion. That yeah. would be actual hell. Ew. Oh my god. What would that be for you guys? Like vomit garbage? Specifically the dumpster behind my old apartment. Ew. Oh yeah. Um, it would be the smell of 42nd Street in Norfolk on a July day that is also trash day as I'm skateboarding to class. <laughs> Just awful. It would be shit hill for me. Shit hill. Yeah, okay. yeah, my first college was way out in the sticks and we had a septic tank that a was buried. Yeah, it was buried under I mean it was a hill. It was like a big huge terrace. You could have played soccer on top of it. And there was a little pipe a little pipe for the off-gassing so that shithill didn't explode, naturally. <laughs> Thing is, the pipe was <laughs> uh, ever so slightly, um, and by ever so slightly, I mean directly uh, upwind from, like, the direction the wind never wasn't coming. <laughs> that was the stupidest <laughs> sentence. So you would, anytime, anytime you had to leave the dorm, anytime for any reason, to or from, it just, yeah, to walk past the Awful. the gust of shit wind off shit hill. Okay, thanks for that. You're thanks welcome. For that visual, I hate it. So Harry's covered with stink sap. What should happen next? His crush arrives. Naturally, at that precise moment, the door of their compartment slid open. Oh, hello, Harry said a nervous voice. Um, bad time. Harry wiped the lenses of his glasses with his Trevor-free hand. Oh, yeah, he's holding Trevor. A very pretty girl with long, shiny black hair was standing in the doorway smiling at him. Cho Chang, the seeker on the Ravenclaw Quidditch team. Okay, wait, I'm almost done with this entire beat. Oh, hi, said Harry blankly. Um, said Cho. Well, just thought I'd say hello. Bye then. She closed the door again, pink, rather pink in the face, and departed. That's their entire interaction. Yep, yep. Uh, my one side note for this was uh, with Harry wiping his glasses with his hand. Tell me you don't wear glasses without telling me you don't wear glasses. I know. It doesn't work. That, does, that would make it, it harder to see anything. Unless he's doing, like, the windshield wiper thing, just trying it's, to get yeah. the, the, the volume off. That doesn't work, though. It just, it's just a streak. <laughs> But listen, if it let's say that his vision like is one hundred percent obscure, I think it it's, is. I th what's the word? Just, just take the glasses. I off think it's sloughs and what's the it's word a gross for word. Not transparent, not translucent, opaque. opaque. It's obscured by an opaque amount of stink sap. So then he sloughs it off. Sloughs. That's even sloughs. worse. I think it's what's sloughs. That word? <laughs> I hate that. I hate. I don't know, but I think sloughs. S l o e. Every possibility is disgusting. Slow. 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 That sounds slow? like that sounds like an Goes insult. Like a dick Google. Slow sounds like a British like like British slut. That's what that sounds like. Correct. <laughs> you mean like a slag? Yeah, it sounds like a, it sounds like another way of saying slag. It sounds like Scots for slag or something. So could Joe and Harry be like any more awkward? Nope. They don't have any chemistry in the movie, but I would like to argue that they also have zero chemistry in the book whatsoever. It's like they want to have chemistry and this keeps yeah. happening. It's like the universe is telling the guys, no, it's just, it's not, you're both great, but no. It reminds me of like in middle school, instead of like having real organic feelings, me and my friends used to like decide and declare that we had crushes on certain people. Um, and we would be like, wait, I thought you had a crush on him. 
you know, like, oh my God, Christina has a crush on Stefan. So sorry, Stefan, by that I bullied you by having too much of a crush on you and you didn't want it. Okay, so um, everyone else like, was lying a little bit. <laughs> I knew it. So, so as an adult, it's like, I just have a little bit of a crush on everyone all the time. And <laughs> it's like, not that big of a deal. <laughs> Um, yeah, they mm. feel like fake crushes. We learn all about the prefects. We learn that Malfoy's a prefect, too. Why? 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 Who makes these decisions? It, do the heads of house make these decisions? Dumbledore acts like he has agency over it later, <laughs> but I don't think anyone would have chosen Malfoy other than Snape. Yeah, I feel like it's like a conversation. I feel like they sit down and talk about it, but like it's... It all comes down to who the other Slytherin boys are. We know about Crabbe and Goyle. I think there's Blaze Zabini who might pick him. Like there, there's got to be at least one other, right? Yeah, I don't know. But oh, yeah, no, I don't know. But like, I all I can think is that the no. alter- like, how much worse were the alternatives though? Yeah, like is Bla- like maybe Blaze just like doesn't want kept response. It. Maybe they had tried offering it to Blaze Zabini, and he was he like, "Absolutely no. fucking not." That's so funny. I bet it never even occurred to Ron that he could decline it. Do you think he would have if it had occurred to him? If the le- if the letter had been like, "Please let us know if you accept or decline," what do you think he would have done? You know, I was <laughs> I was thinking about it earlier because like. It's it's a choice, right? It's a choice. Mm-hmm. But think about it logistically. The the one kid in Gryffindor in their year who definitely should be a prefect is Hermione. So you're whoever you're picking to be the other prefect with Hermione, we don't need to unpack the whole one boy one girl thing. But whoever you're picking to be like her partner, essentially in non crime, opposite crime, like that's. <laughs> you have to decide who the other person is based on how well they will work with her specifically. Mm-hmm. So like Harry is kind of just mm-hmm. not going to do anything. Like what does Harry want to want with being a prefect? This is why he lets it go so easily. The That's only reason fair. he cared was because of something, something living up to his father. If he was actually a prefect, he wouldn't know what to do. Dean Thomas, I think, would be the best choice for yes, a prefect on his own. But is he going to be able to temper Hermione and do, like, the good cop, bad fit cop thing? I like to think that Dean could have. I think he could have, but Ron and Hermione already have the rapport. And also, this is wizard school. Everything is based on chaos and drama because <laughs> they're all about the drama. So they have to go with the most, the most prefecty prefect and then the one who's going to let yes. you get off, you know? I just really hate the undue emotional burden that it puts on Hermione. Like, Ron, she also has to prefect Ron's prefecting. Like, it's... It's just not fair. Yep. But it gets, it lets everybody get away with things and everybody's all about the drama because it's wizards. That's true. We learned that Padma Patil is a Ravenclaw prefect and Luna is like, Ron, you took Padma to the Yule Ball and she doesn't think you treated her nicely, but different people think different things are nice. And actually it sounded very nice to me. (laughs) She's like, I didn't want to (laughs) dance. It's so funny. She's like, she wishes you had danced with her, but I don't even like dancing. Um, But it's not, it's like, why are you saying this? I don't know. She just says whatever is on her mind. I love it. Ron tells a bad joke and Luna shrieks with laughter, like very alarmingly. Have you heard my mom laugh? 
Um, no, I don't think so. Not, not, not like properly, maybe. <laughs> she went like she's been very sequestered off, like all through lockdown and even after. Uh, and the couple of times that she has gone out to restaurants since then and laughed in public has abruptly remembered how people turn around and stare because <laughs> it carries. Mm. Let me tell you, <laughs> I can, I can one up that story. Um, I, I too have a bit of a unique laugh when I'm giving it my all. Maybe like three or, or four years ago, Sean and I were at an Indian restaurant in Midlothian and my cousin came up behind me. I didn't even know he lived in the area. I hadn't seen him in like five years. He was like, Christina, I heard you laughing across the restaurant. I can one up that one more time. My mother has, my mother laughs so loud that uh, Pentagon offices, like the Pentagon, like the government Pentagon, like where like the military headquarters of the United States have had to redesign right redesign their sound dampening technology multiple times because they could hear her laughing from the rooms that you're not supposed to be able to hear a nuclear bomb going off from. Dear actual God. I have so many questions. My stomach hurts from laughing so hard. Oh my I'm gonna God. like we hear it. Record our podcast in that building. <laughs> I'm gonna like hear it in Pittsburgh someday. I'm gonna hear this like laughter off in the distance, and I'll just be like, "How's oh, it's, 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 it's hereditary. It's like her f- whole family has kind of the same laugh. That whole side of the family. So like we would go to find them for like the Fourth of July parade or whatever, and like just follow the sound of, of oh my god of the family laugh. Like we can. She's had people from multiple halls away that she worked with years ago hear her laughing and come running to find her because they <laughs> they knew who it was. So wow. I, I'm familiar. I'm familiar with the Luna laugh. So Luna drops her quibbler and it spins around so Harry can finally see the headline. Serious Black, villain or victim? Good question. I have one question. Just one, oh. just one question, just to walk us back half a step. Ron asks Luna, are you taking the Mickey? And oh. is that, is he say like, are you, are you, are you being are you sarcastic or does that mean, are you stoned? Cause I, I think, think it means, I feel I think Mickey also is a euphemism for weed in, in Britain. Um, is it Mickey, not? Mickey is slang for a drink apparently. Okay. Oh, what? Maybe this is wrong. Okay, so taking the Mickey is definitely just like making fun of. Okay. Dictionary.com says that Mickey is a drink uh, that has been drugged. Oh. I'm going to head over to the, the 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 source I should have gone to originally, Urban Dictionary. Mickey. This is why the listeners come back to this podcast. <laughs> Mid-episode etymology lessons. Crapo in 2005 said that a Mickey is a small 375 milliliter bottle of liquor, primarily in Canadian. I, example sentence. I chugged a Mickey of Malibu and my face tingles. <laughs> so is that like a Canadian, a Canadian 40? Like, is that what Oh my that God. Is? It means, it means penis in Ireland. Oh my God. It means penis. Oh Are you taking God. the Mickey? <laughs> oh God. Every, every definition is better than the last. Oh my god! It does super mean a drink that has been drugged. I'm so I'm sort of stuck on the, uh, and my face tingles. I'm still like a few sentences <laughs> back. 
I can't feel my face when I drink Mickey. Um, it also is apparently a, a tab of acid that has Mickey Mouse's face printed on it. Oh, good. It says a hit of acid or LSD. Hmm. I wonder where I got weed I from. I don't claim to know everything about drugs, but I think those are the same thing. I, I feel like I heard it from somewhere. I don't know. Um, That's the end. No, hold on. Oh, an- Mickey, I'm still just going down the Urban Dictionary hole. Wink. <laughs> Mickey is an instigator, makes statements with no proof. Um, I mean, that's sort Irish of... term for dick again. Does sort of describe the quibbler. Wait, wait, this definition. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> this definition says that a Mickey is three hickeys arranged to resemble Mickey Mouse. <laughs> that's made up. That's made the fuck up. <laughs> These Disney adults are getting out of hand. That ain't real. That ain't real. Someone fucking put that in there. That ain't fucking real. I refute it. Because it's escalating. Somebody says that it's Klingon for a hip flask. <laughs> Zach, uh, I need you to validate this for us. Sources. <laughs> Um, a hot older guy no girl can rip her eyes off of. Example sentence. Oh, Mickey, you're so fine. You're so fine. You blow my mind. Was that, hey, what, that was, what it was about? Or was that wishful thinking on the part of whoever made that entry? Oh, my God. Wait, guys, it's really escalating. A stupid half-breed bitch with a big old vagina that sags. Well, that's a big old vagina is where I'm going to end that one. What, what does that mean? <laughs> Uh, lot to unpack there. How does a vagina drag? Can can somebody explain to me like <laughs> sagging? I don't. Half what? Maybe if you lost both your legs, your vagina would be dragging. Like I, I get yeah, theoretically kind of a mobility aid. I guess. Yes. Well. Yes. Exactly. Um, or you are opting not to. Who is allowed to edit Urban Dictionary? I want to. Everyone. Everyone. Mm, everyone is. Mm. We can get off this now. I think I read all of the funniest ones. That Mickey Hickey really made me laugh. Thank you for trying to find any kind of a reference to weed. I guess I just made it up. <laughs> I'm still going. <laughs> I'm still how, many tra- how many pages are we from the end of the chapter? Let's see. Oh, here. my God. If you would like to know, we're a page 187 into the book, and we're not even at Hogwarts yet. I'm on page 190, so. Oh, Oh, yeah. Sorry. That's where the Cho thing happens. Mm. We are. You're right. On page one. No. Oh, yeah. The baboon's backside thing. Yeah, you're right. No, you're totally right. Um, So Sirius Black, villain or victim? Harry's like, oh, can I read that? And um, he does. He he saw Kingsley handing this to Arthur to give to Sirius for an LOL, which if I were serious, I'd be like, that's pretty good one. It's an article about how Sirius Black can't possibly be guilty of murder because that's actually he, he's it's actually a pseudonym for Stubby Boardman, the lead singer of the Hobgoblins. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, Doris Doris Perkis. Doris Perkis is like he can't have committed that crime because he was on a very romantic dinner date with me at the time. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> I have so many questions about this article. Like, is mm-hmm. is there is there a Doris Perkis? First of all, does is she real or is this yeah? A like, what's spoof? the editorial process for this? But also, if she's real, that's even better because oh, that sure. means that she's like 
she's she's the delusional like the, like the the oddball of the wizard community who's mm-hmm. got like she's like she's like the purple dog lady like Richmond's purple dog lady she's oh yeah she probably corners people into dog. conversations in the leaky cauldron and, and like everyone else has to tell tell like no 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 don't engage don't engage we'll be here for <laughs> don't an make hour. contact I I have so many questions. Yeah, I do too. I don't think we're going to get any answers. Um, well, of course we're not. But also, like, just imagine if Sirius had a secret double life in a band. <laughs> well, and it's just funny because, like, in a couple minutes, Harry learns that Luna's dad runs this magazine. So, like, he could ask. He could be like, who is this person? Where'd he get this from? But he doesn't. He doesn't ask questions because he's Harry Potter. He, and he just lets the plot happen. Look, he was told not to ask questions. It was like the main lesson of his young life. It's true. You're right. It's yeah. completely true. And when you keep those traumas with you, even after you logically know that they don't make sense anymore. Guess I'll launch an elaborate investigation to figure out this information. Yeah. Um, he flicks through the rest of the magazine and finds it to be rubbish. Um, and then Ron's like, anything good in there? And Hermione's is like, no, it's fucking rubbish, dude. There's one good thing. Cornelius Goblin Crusher Fudge. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that one is funny. Um, I wish he had seen what Luna was looking at when he had the magazine, but he didn't. Um, so anyway, Hermione calls it rubbish and Luna is like, oh, I'm not cute and funny anymore. That I'm an angry panda now. <laughs> Hello, my name is Luna Lovegood. You insulted my father. Prepare to die. The, the switch, man. Yeah. I, that's um, kind of scary. Like, that's scary, that switch. If someone who you have not found in the hour you've known her to be like very consistent of behavior switching like that that can be really scary she's definitely a hufflepuff cusp she's like you don't mess with my friends and family oh i see yeah loyalty yeah yeah Yeah. completely non-confrontational for herself nobody else though i think we talked about like how there are ravenclaws who are like smart enough to value friendship and interpersonal relationships you know Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Just like I'm friendly enough to always take the lead, so that my introverted friends don't have to. So I'm a Gryffindor cusp. Yeah. Well, if you're if you're just a know-it-all and an asshole, then nobody wants to hang out with you. You're shooting yourself in the foot. You have to be a little bit likable. It's true. So I mean, it's it's the smart thing to do to be likable. Yeah. Got to at least be funny. Well, and I think it does come quite naturally to her. For her, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Enter Draco Malfoy, completely obsessed with our hero. Have you noticed how Harry never, like, goes looking for him? I have. Yeah, interesting. Because, like, he turns up... Malfoy's the bully. The only only book he hasn't turned up in to, like, come say hi, just seeing how you're doing. Oh, you've grown a few inches. Hi, interesting. Was book two because Harry was not, in fact, on the train. How despondent was Draco? Wandering. They're like, Crab and Goyle are like, dude, what are we looking for? And Draco's like, nothing. (laughs) Don't worry about it. (laughs) Sit down. God. 
Fine, fine. Train ride is five hours long. You just sit here and eat your snacks, and I'll just go wander around for no particular reason. He's like, um, he's like haunting the train. Yeah. Just like, like all, all <laughs> the way to the Harry. back. They're sitting all the way at the back of the train, and this motherfucker yeah. came looking for them. <laughs> no, 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 not them. Him, him, the him. one, the him. one, his boyfriend. His boyfriend. Um, let me see. Hold on. Um. Yeah, I love like also Harry looked around. He had expected this, but that did y- yes. not make the sight of Draco Malfoy smirking at him from between his cronies Crab and Goyle any more enjoyable. You know you like it. Smirking at him. Mhm. It's like what? Yeah. At him. Like this what? is What he said aggressively before Malfoy could open his mouth. <laughs> That reminds me of in My Immortal, Haley, with all of those, like, discordant dialogue tags. What? He roared. (laughs) Oh, my God. That fucking fanfic. I know. He says something. um, Malfoy says something about dogging Harry's footsteps (laughs) as a prefect. But prefect. But, like, that's probably a dig about Sirius being a dog, huh? I, I mean, it's in italics. Yeah, it is in italics. I'll be dogging your footsteps. I personally don't think that's what Malfoy meant. I think because we get it from Percy, or Percy, oh my god. I'm still thinking about, now I'm thinking about Percy Jackson. Well, now my brain's going to (laughs) Percy Jackson. I see. We're getting it through Harry's lens. So he's going to read into anything possible. Because uh-huh. he's already like hyper vigilant from the fact that Sirius went with them, so mm-hmm. I personally think it was seriously, seriously, just <laughs> Harry flirting. thinking, just regular flirting. Yeah, yeah. It's like he just he just draws like that, but like Hermione he is also, but Hermione's also uh, a hyper vigilant, hyper vigilant, and a rule follower. Constant vigilance. Yeah, she took that to heart. Doesn't matter if he was a Death Eater; that makes it all the more meaningful. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if, if That's a pretty good tip I got from my villain. If the guy who's coming, who is literally going to be coming after you tells you constant vigilance, then eh, it's not bad advice. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So it's time to change. Oh, Harry's like, Sirius shouldn't have come. And then Malfoy goes away, I guess. They're all like, get out. And then they go away. Um, I thought that something really fun happened here, but I think it happens on the... I think it happens at the end of Goblet of Fire that they like all blast them. Was that the end of Goblet of Fire? No, it's the end of this one. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I thought Fred and George were in a part of it. No, I don't think they are. Oh, okay. No, because no, it's because it's are. no, 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 no. I I'm absolutely sure because what happens is that they uh they've all been in the DA all year, so they've learned all these jinxes. I'm sure that it's true, but there's definitely a moment where, like, everyone, including Fred and George, attack the, uh, the Malfoy gang. Because I remember specifically George steps on them. <laughs> they do They do get in a fight at the end of four, and they get in another fight at the end of five where, like, okay. they're, like they fuck up. That's Fred, when, like, like, six people fuck them up. Yeah, like, they, just like by them. the end of it, they kind of look like slugs, I think, is the, yeah. mm-hmm. is the phrasing. Disgusting. Yeah. Horrifying. Lovecraftian. Yeah. Um, so it's time to change for school and uh, the train arrives and they're like, got to get off the train. So we're getting off the train. 
But where is Hagrid? Also, oh, he's dead. <laughs> also, Ron soon. and Hermione have to go off and do do prefect shit. Haley, I do feel like maybe I didn't have time to recover from making like a pretty insensitive joke about so, sorry, Robbie Coltrane's I, I, passing. Sorry, I you just like barreled on, and now I'm just a fucking asshole. Well, you can you can change the timing of when we say shit. Also, I registered. Not, I registered the. Joke. I'm not gonna like move around a whole conversation. I thought it was a Taylor Swift quote. No, uh-huh. it wasn't. Yeah, Robbie Coltrane has passed. Yeah, no, I did. I did catch on to that about halfway through, but by then I was already halfway through. We we all wore our uh, house bows to work the day af- the Monday after. Yes, we can mourn as if it was the death of Hagrid. Robbie Coltrane was perhaps not the most supportive ally to his transgender friends um, who love the series. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's something that makes me not care very much. But R.I.P. Hagrid. In my in my heart, Hagrid's fine, and he's fine with everybody. Um, yes, sure. Sounds good. Um, <laughs> I feel like Hagrid, if conv- if he did, uh, was approached by, like, a transgender student, I feel like he would be, like, one of those people who tries so hard and messes up Everything. so much. <laughs> but the, the student's just, like, at least you care. Yeah, yeah. Like he, he is genuinely doing his best. Yes, yes. He listens, and then he qu- still fumbles it. He's the kind of guy who would be like, <laughs> he would like accidentally misgender you in class, and then be like, oh, sorry, I mean, uh, him, I mean, uh, and he would be like, whoa. <laughs> you could just like not worry about it, and that would be like super cool if we just didn't make a fuss about it. <laughs> He's doing his best. So Hagrid's not here. It's Professor Grubbly Plank, the Care of Magical Creatures substitute. I think we've met her before. Uh, yeah. Chamber of Secrets, right? When yes. he was like on leave. Oh, no, arrested, not on leave. Why did I say that? <laughs> He's on leave now. He was arrested last time. Under American capitalism, it would be considered being on leave. You're taking, P- <laughs> you're taking PTO. This is eating it right up. I hate that. Thank you so much. Um, It's all just kind of... <laughs> It's all just kind of abject chaos, like everything is chaos. Um, Harry notices that the horseless carriages that take them up to school every year are actually horse-full carriages now. There are cool, like, wraith skeleton horses, like the the ringwraiths horses before they move to dragons. <laughs> this is the ringwraiths horses, like, in the process of turning into dragons, which I'm assuming is what happened. Oh yeah, because they have wings. You're right. Yeah, and they're they are described as lizard like. Yeah. yeah, they are lizard like. Reptilian, I think is yeah. the word. So yeah, dragonish heads. Probably so cool. I don't really remember what they look like in the movies. Um, uh, honestly, this is not my favorite movie. I think the movie. I think the movie kind of nailed them. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, it would be kind of hard not to. Like they they look like goth pegasi pegasuses pegasi. Nice. Yep. Yeah. Love that. That's very gothic. They're very gothic. So he's like, Ron, what are these? And Ron's like, what? And he's like, these. And he makes Ron look one in the eye and Ron's not seeing it, which actually is like very scary to me. Like, couldn't he imagine a horse? Imagine being face to face with a horse. Even if you are blind, you still know you're face to face with a horse, you know? (laughs) Yeah, like they make noise. They make air. They smell like Ron. 
is like, I don't know what you're talking about. That's how doofus he is. He's like, I don't see anything. The Jim K illustrations have come out now for Order of the Phoenix. I just Googled the Thestral drawing mm-hmm. for the illustrated editions, and that's it's terrifying. Oh, well, perfect. Yeah, he's really good at drawing terrifying things. The end of Goblet of Fire was like truly shocking. Those illustrations are nightmarish. Yes. So Harry's like, am I losing my mind? Because I can see these horses. And Luna finally is like, don't worry. I can see them too. You're just as sane as I am. Classic. I forgot to mention that when I was a kid, me and my elementary school best friend, Lainey, we would sit in my room practicing our British accents, reading all of Luna's lines because we were going to go audition to play her. Obviously, we didn't do that. (laughs) But we committed a lot of time to that endeavor. I love that. Cool. That's the end of the chapter. Taylor, is there anything that we missed that you want to circle back to or anything that you want to just like drive home before we wrap it up? Just that last thing she says to him. It's like the first time in the book somebody confirms something to him. Yeah. Like this whole book, he's basically been spiraling out of mental control for good reason. Mm-hmm. And he is obviously thinking he's crazy because these things that other people can't see. And she finally gives him that one glimmer of hope that maybe he's not. Mm-hmm. And I love that for him and for her. But I feel like he doesn't take it the right way. I feel like he's like, cool. So we're both insane. <laughs> he does. Yeah. He does kind of take it in like a hmm, the plot thickens kind of way. <laughs> he does not yeah. take that as a. Uh, a great comfort, in my opinion. It does, I think, make it like less of a worry for him, though, because at least it's not like the like the voice that he was hearing in second year, where like no one else could hear it. He's like, all right, well, right. somebody somebody knows what the fuck I'm talking about. So this yeah. probably is like yeah. a like a category C concern. Yeah, yeah. Um, it reminds me of like a lot of like thrillers and stuff where like the thing is happening only the protagonist knows no one believes them and then like finally finally someone like sees or understands and then that person usually immediately dies after getting this knowledge but we get to keep luna it's great we get to keep luna for now (laughs) Haley, do you have anything you wanted to circle back to or drive home before we wrap it up uh no i don't think so very good introduction to Luna Lovegood. I mean, Joanne certainly knows how to uh, strike, uh, create a striking character in just like a few words. And Luna Lovegood, I think, is one of her best examples of that. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't even mention the socks with the sandals. Yeah. Yeah. That's just uh, that's just the uh, illustrator <laughs> interpretation. <laughs> I, I, if I were this, I'd be like, how dare you send me this? <laughs> I did not specify socks with sandals. She would, though. It's right. Uh, Thank you, Mary Grand Prix or Grand Prix. I don't know. However you say your name, but thank you for that beautiful, beautiful illustration with the socks and sandals. Oh, I was like, what are you reading? (laughs) Uh, Awesome. Well, are we ready to move on to plugs? Yeah. Sure. Taylor... What have you been up to? Do you want people to find you on the internet? Or, like, what kinds of things have you been doing on the internet that people would like to find? I exist. 
If you want to find my dog on the internet, yes, it's it's Ginny the Griffin Doodle on Instagram. <laughs> Actually, let me make sure it's Griffin Doodle, not Griffin Dog. Um, I'm pretty sure it's Griffin Doodle. It is Griffin Doodle. So, uh, yeah, Ginny the Griffin Doodle. Her birth, her half birthday is uh, the 29th. So oh. by the time you're listening to it, it will have happened. We already took her pictures. She's adorable. I love her. Oh, uh, even though she's an asshole. You can um, hear she barked when you said that. She she's downstairs being wild. It's her wild time <laughs> of night. Um. So yes, you can find Jenny at Jenny the Griffin Doodle. Um. I don't post there. Joseph does. Um. Cute. But they're fantastic. You can also follow me on Instagram at Tete underscore Ballet if you so choose. I post pictures of my dog. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. A lot of Jenny action. And what have you been watching, reading, listening to, playing recently that you think the listeners of our podcast would enjoy? Okay, so I got Dreamlight Valley, Disney's like new Switch game, which is basically Animal Crossing, but Disney. I'm excited to play it. There's like different levels of how much you can pay for it. I think the smallest is like twenty nine ninety mm-hmm. nine, something like that. I personally like it better than Animal Crossing because there's more of like quest related mm-hmm. stuff to do, I and I pers I personally need a goal, um, mm-hmm. in games. So as soon as I got like finished with Animal Crossing, I was like, well, I don't need to play this anymore. So very enjoyable. I'm also reading William Shakespeare's Much Ado About Mean Girls. Oh, nice. That's um, Quirk Books. One of my favorite. Yeah. That's one of my uh, publisher crushes. Quirk Books. Everything they do is incredible. Uh, it, it's it's great. It's exactly what it sounds like. That's awesome. I, am, I, I would love to read that one. Haley, where can people find you on the internet? Hello, I'm Haley. And if you must, you can find me on Twitter at the writ to wit And for a plug, I am going to be very on brand and plug uh, PBS Eons. Um, It is. I love you. It is on YouTube. Uh, They're little 10 to 15 minute videos uh, produced by PBS where they just kind of talk about ancient history stuff. We're talking about like the formation of the earth and the beginning of like the first single celled organisms. Uh, all the way up to human evolution. So it covers a lot of ground and it's super, super cool. If you like dinosaurs, they gotcha. If you like anthropology, they gotcha. If you like anything in between, they gotcha. So PBS (laughs) eons. Awesome. Love that. Very on brand. Thank you so much, Haley. I've been your host, Christina. You know where to find me. And this week I'm going to plug the podcast maintenance phase. Episodes Mm. come out every other Tuesday, so it's not even hard to stay up to date. Um, But hosts Michael and Aubrey debunk the junk science behind health and wellness fads. Um, So it's a very body positive exploration of like misconceptions. Um, They're trying to uh, get the flim flam out of the health and wellness discourse. And it's just like a very cool, real open conversation. I've been having a really good time listening to their backlog. I miss Michael being on uh, You're Wrong About. Oh, I don't listen to that one. Is he on that too? Yeah, yeah. I know Grace also listens to that show, but... Oh, that's funny. uh, Yeah, basically, it's sort of the same deal. It's actually where he started. You're Wrong About is basically debunking pop culture and historical myths. Mm -hmm. So if you like the maintenance phase, check out You're Wrong About. 
Cool. Well, Taylor, thank you so much for joining us on today's episode of Harry Potter. Thank you. I am going to go off into the sleep zone, and tomorrow I'm running a Harry Potter field trip. So, Really? Doing what? Our field trip coordinator literally rented out a large banquet hall and is decorating it like the Great Hall and having themed games. So, like, I'm running Wingardium Leviosa, where they have to t- use chopsticks to keep balloons up in the air. She got That's stuff so to make. Fun. That's so fun. She got stuff to make butterbeer. She made Quidditch Pong. That's very fun. I did that in college. She whittled wands for the kids to decorate. Whoa. That's dope. I love my fucking job. So that's what I get to do tomorrow, and I'm pretty hype. Yeah, that's so fun. Oh, my God. Well, cool. Hell yeah. And Haley, as always, thank you for being my... I looked up words starting with co, but none of them are like co... Comrade! Thank you for being my my coat room. (laughs) You're you're codependent. And that's the end of the episode. That's it, potheads. Thanks for listening to the Restricted Section. This podcast is produced and hosted by me, Christina Kahn. Our theme music was produced by Ryan Kahn. Our logo was designed by Michael Hardison. Please connect with us on Twitter at RestrictedPod, on Instagram at RestrictedSectionPod, on Facebook at RestrictedSectionPod, or in our Facebook group, The Restricted Section Detention Crew. Join our Patreon to get access to our Discord server, our bonus episodes, and other cool perks. We're also very happy to be a member of Deus Ex Media, where all you fucking nerds can find all kinds of fandom podcasts to suit your fancy. Coffee. Tea. Honor. Cabbage. Long ago, the four elements lived in harmony. Then, shit went totally cray when the Avatar attacked. Only the Cabbage Man, merchant of fine cruciferous vegetables, could stand against his trolling. But when the world needed some dank veg, he vanished. Ten years have passed, and my partner and I have started a new podcast. My Cabbage is An Avatar podcast. A weekly show about Avatar The Last Airbender. Whether it's Sokka's new line of cologne. Hey, look at you. Sitting there on a seal. Well, now look it back at me. I'm on an on a even bigger seal. Now look away. D&D related antics. You have to make an acrobatics check for that. And Aang just like unzips his pants and whips out his D20s. He's just like, I got this. Or randomly breaking into song. <laughs> so go bending waterfall. We'll stumble our way through the greatest show ever made. One episode at a time. What kind of slum do you think this is? We're all Neville deep down. Dave X Media.